1: Ensure all residences
2: are secure with all doors and windows firmly locked and barricaded.
1: They're coming to get you, Barbara. Not people. Brains.
3: They're us. We're them. They're us. Oh my God. You are dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. The
1: pain of being dead.
0: Were you bitten? Were you bitten? Did any of the blood get in your mouth? They have overrun us, you know. We're in the minority now. Something like 400,000 to one by my calculation. The father of my father always said, when the earth spit out the dead, they will come back to suck the blood from the living.
1: When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk here.
0: It's another one for the fire.
4: Welcome back, Radical Ones, to the Radical Retro Rewind podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter. I'm here with Brother David, and I cannot believe I'm getting to say this, one of our favorites, Patricia Tallman.
3: Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. Thank you, David, for, for having me. Yes,
4: yes, please.
2: Thank you for coming. We're beyond excited. So sweet. (laughs)
4: So I have a little bio for Patricia, just in case people don't know. But I feel like if you are a fan of this show, we've spoken so many times about this wonderful lady. So Patricia, many know her from Babylon 5 and Night of the Living Dead 90. She's an actress, a stunt performer, an author, a mother, and currently (laughs) has a new video series about conquering the fear dragon and helping people find their inner badass and living their dreams and creativity with Patricia Tolman. Magical living. Please welcome Patricia Tallman to the show. So
3: much, gosh, yeah, thank you. You're making me all wiggly.
4: Oh, (laughs) believe me, I have all the wiggles too. This has been (laughs) a dream, a a dream come true. We are huge fans of your work. We are.
3: Thank you.
4: Thanks Um, so much. And you're currently in the UK right now.
3: I am. I'm in the Orkney Islands, um, uh, north of Scotland, you know. So the Orkneys and the Shetlands are as far north as you can go, as far as the UK goes. So we're up here looking at some really cool Neolithic uh, sites, some of which are like 5,000 years old, older than the pyramids. I know. It's insane. Wow. Looking at human civilization from that long ago is humbling you know it's really awe inspiring it's really cool are you doing that as part of quest
4: retreats by uh, the way? I,
3: I love traveling and so in in a way yes i'm always looking for what's next what's the next thing i want to do and um yeah so that's part of it but it's also just it's, a, it's something that has even if it's not something i'm going to lead a trip on i want to experience and my my husband's really into it so it's a it's kind of a double double benefit to it. I get to see if this is going to be something that I could lead a group to, or I get That's to experience wonderful. it just for
4: fun. The fact that your husband goes along with you, how yeah. wonderful is that? You yeah. share it together. Exactly right. Exactly, it's really special. So, Patricia, you started acting at age fifteen professionally. Yeah, yeah, oh.
3: I, I was uh, um, I was into it in high school. And I ended up getting a summer job uh, at dinner in dinner theater. Have you ever gone to a dinner theater or done dinner theater?
4: No, but Do now you know I feel I- like I need to. I've <laughs> <laughs> Let
3: me tell you something. It is not for the faint of heart, as far as the actors go. You know, because people are eating dinner. <laughs> you know? so you're doing a show. Well, people are eating and drinking, and it's it's like it's a little weird, but it's. Um, it was really, uh, it was a great training ground, especially when you're 15 years old. You're know, you're just still a kid, and here I am. The it was a two person play, and wow. it, it was really fun and challenging trying to keep the audience's attention while they're eating dinner and and you know when you have their attention because it gets really quiet and they're not chatting amongst themselves and they're not clinking and silverware
4: moving around. <laughs>
3: so you know when you really know when it's a successful moment you
4: know I love it gets
3: out there. but yeah that was that was uh, that was quite a thing and i, I really never stopped from there so, so i must have loved it right i you, must have got yes yes it. yes Why would I and you're doing do
4: something it? right too which is which is also i mean
3: uh, yeah, thank you that's a good way of looking at it yeah i, I knew when i was doing it right
4: Beautifully said. Yeah. Beautifully said. So while doing research, and like I said, we've been fans, so we've listened to interviews over the years. And one of the things I've heard you say was some of your best work was Mm -hmm. on the theater that people didn't even get to see. Right.
3: Right. That's the thing about theater, right? It's so ephemeral. It's in the moment. You see it or you don't see it, and that's it. So it comes and goes. And that's also the beauty of doing something like Night of the Living Dead. And then I'm able to, to see my youth captured on film. And that's that's quite an honor. You look have. like you
4: literally just stepped out of the movie, especially oh, with your fresh new hair, your Barbara hair. hair, dare <laughs> I
3: say. That's exactly what my son said. I met him <laughs> and his girlfriend for dinner right after I got my hair cut. And I didn't, I didn't have a chance to tell him I was cutting my hair. So I went from having hair down to the my bra strap you know in the back mm-hmm. and to this and he, i just walked into the restaurant and he went well that's barbara again you know, that's, <laughs> he, you know he, he was born in 94 so he didn't really know me with short hair he's never known me with short hair
4: is that one of his favorite roles of yours by any chance? Oh, you know
3: what? I really don't know. I really don't know. I didn't let him see it when he was a kid. And then I think he finally did watch it. His friends were like, wait a minute. You haven't seen your mom in this movie? What's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> so I think he finally did see it. He's never really said anything to me about it. My work
4: does he actually travel with you patricia does he come along with he did some when of your- he was
3: young yeah that's a good question he, he did when he was young but he just isn't as into it and um he had started pre-pandemic he'd started his own business called tallman small van and he would take take small bands out on tour and manage oh, wow. for them okay. and drive them so that they could arrive fresh and, and do their thing. So he had his own version of travel going on, but I, I think he wants to be his own person and not tag along with me anymore. I dragged him to conventions and Comic-Con and, you know, I took him to Europe. So he's been around. He knows what he, he likes. But
4: and what it does. So he must see people seeing mom and just going, "Oh my God, this is Lita from Babylon Five. This is Barbara. This is right. someone I've looked up to." So I feel like and getting I think to he experience just that. Kind of
3: rolls like, his eyes. You know, he's like, oh. there we go again." When he gets play. older,
2: when he gets older, he'll appreciate it more. When he you think?
1: Older, okay, I, I, I right. think so. I think okay. so. Okay, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so i have to ask doing stunts patricia were you daring as a kid prior to getting into stunts did you ever see your like climbing trees were you were Mm. you doing things that maybe others weren't
3: i you know I, i never really thought of it like that i i guess hmm what i what I liked is is having adventures. And I would make up adventures along with other kids or my cousins or whatever. We would, you know, create our own worlds. I actually played Dark Shadows, Star Trek. You know, we would play. We would create that world and pretend we were on the show. And that was... So as far as stunts though, let's see. I don't think I purposefully necessarily thought of it as being daring, but I definitely had, I have, I love that sense of adventure. I loved Errol Flynn movies. I love those kind of swashbucklers, you know, the sword work and all of that. And I never saw any women doing it because back then it was, let's see, I was young in the fifties and sixties. So, you know, you didn't really see, women doing that Yeah. Uh, now it's all the time it's so great right but for me I, I never had a woman role model in that way I wanted to be an action hero but I didn't mm. know how that was supposed to look in it and Barbara kind of gave me the chance to be that
4: that is, so is kind of cool you, and then you you became the action hero yourself after yeah. all those years
3: yeah yeah I I I think I like to use that as an example of the power of the mind and I think we can all look back in our own youth and and, and see some things that we created based on a, a really powerful desire and that's I think our purpose. That's you know if we get into some personal development chat that's that's what I think our purpose is is to follow those really strong interests and things that thrill us and get us excited because then you're on the path of the person you were meant to become. So like you hear the sages all say it's not the destination it's the journey. journey. Well that's what I think they mean. It's in my personal opinion, I think what they mean is you have this aspiration of something you wish to to be or achieve or what gets you excited and yes. what's what's keeping you motivated and you become that person when you arrive, if you ever arrive, and sometimes a lot of us don't ever arrive, and that's okay, it's not the point. The point is to keep overcoming obstacles to get what you want, to get to where you wanna to be, to be that kind of a loving, uh, inspirational person, to have that kind of life, to be able to have that career or to inspire other people or whatever it is, that's, part, that's what we're meant to do. So that's kind of what I'm trying to help people find now is is the is the wherewithal to keep trying to m- manifest your dreams to make them come true. Whatever it is, so the stuff that gets in your way, that's actually a gift. When you run up against the, the, you bump up against what's holding you back. Because if you if you still have dreams and aspirations, you don't have them yet for a reason. At least you do. at a certain point as an adult, there's a reason you don't have that thing yet, right? And, and we can, in our mind, come up with all the reasons why we don't have why? that thing. That's right. Which may or may not be true. And that's where the fear dragons come in. But keeping on that path and solving those little problems or those big problems sometimes to solving that problem is part of becoming the person who has that life. Does that make sense?
2: No, that makes perfect sense. That is so Uh, beautiful. Yeah. so
3: (laughs) That's why I I think we weren't taught that. We weren't taught that. No. (laughs) We are supposed to keep coming up against blocks. We weren't taught that the people we think of as being like the top of the world in their game, they're still hitting ceilings in their own personal aspirations. And, And they still need to. But in order to get there they've had to solve so many problems now they have a way of sol- problem solving and figuring new things out and they have more resources to figure things out because they've worked up from the beginning they just never stop they fall forward they make mistakes they they lay on the ground for a while trying to recover from a really <laughs> devastating loss just like we do the only difference is yep. they keep getting back up that's all so that's, that's so what true. i'm trying to trying to uh, uh, and i love doing is is putting together simple steps that keep us moving forward. It isn't the big leaps. I'm really good at big leaps. I can take these big risks, but that doesn't necessarily teach me how to solve the daily problems and to take care of, take care of all the things you need to take care of. It's so much better to learn to take little turtle steps, little wee baby steps along the way, because you're constantly then picking apart big, naughty problems, breaking them into smaller problems, solving little, and you're constantly making progress. And you start to develop confidence in yourself because you realize, oh, no, I, all right, wait a minute, that looks like that thing. I've I've been up against this kind of thing before. Now I just have to calm down, you know, and and then start finding my next right step and the next right step and the next right step. So not being so overwhelmed. Being overwhelmed is just a face of fear. It's just a very unhelpful decision that we make to be overwhelmed. That's really on us. That's on us. That's on me. And it's a very me.
4: easy one, just like, to, to switch on, right? Just a, it a default totally to is. that.
3: That's right. That's right. So, if you should we talk about the fear dragon thing a little bit? I yeah, this yes, is, no, I mean, this would is, love
4: to. This is perfect. Okay. We have uh, actually a few questions about that. So, oh,
3: good. All right. Well, maybe I'll, I'll, I can answer uh, that before you even get there. It's so um, I love learning about the brain because it takes the pressure off of us. Once we understand the, uh, how the organism works. Then we can work with it. Just like once we understand how this, this laptop works, oh, now I get it. Okay. And then you come up with a problem in the technology. All right. Now I've got to reboot. That doesn't work. I have to maybe, you know, get some tech help on this. You know, all the right?
4: time, yeah. time, all the time.
3: All the fucking time, right? Oh, can I always say yeah. that? So, No problem. So that the brain is no different. The brain is just our, our computer that we're born with. We're yes. not the brain. We aren't our thoughts. We're so much more than that, but the brain, we don't know that, we're not taught that. We're more than that. And we're also more than the body. It's, this is just the, the, the instrument where I call it the TARDIS, you know, from Doctor Who, this is the TARDIS I'm traveling this life in, that's cool, all right? But it's not all that you are, it's, oh, it's just so my tool this time around, or whatever you believe, it doesn't really matter, but it's important to believe that you have so much more than just your mind. Your mind doesn't want you to know that, But I think it wants Mm -hmm. to be the most important thing, right? But it isn't. so. So when we're born, we have this thing called the amygdala just a wee tiny, it's smaller than a walnut in your brain. It's the oldest part of the brain. When we were first coming out of the sludge millions of years ago, that amygdala was there and it kept us alive. And as we have gone through evolution and gotten upright, you know, and survived, our brains have gotten more and more beautiful layers to it. Now we have this big, beautiful brain, but the amygdala is still in there. And it's exactly, the same. It hasn't changed. Its whole purpose is to keep us alive. So anything new is a threat. This is really important. Anything new is a threat. Now get that. So you go to school for the first day of school, instead of being all excited and curious and wondering, oh, this is cool. What's going on? You're like, Holy shit. I don't I don't know this teacher. I don't, some of these kids are new. I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't know what we're going to do. And instead of being able to really enjoy it fully, half of us are in total terror <laughs> because it's new. They, and that never yes. stops. Anything new will freak the brain out. Yes. You get more and more sophisticated as you grow. And you've learned how to, and you've been socialized not to show that fear, right? Especially you as men, you're not supposed to show fear. You can yes. show happiness, and you can show anger, and that's about it. <laughs> that's all
1: you're really allowed yeah. to. That's
3: men have gotten the short true. shift. Women, we are, we have a, a facility to feel, and we're allowed to feel, but then we're shamed for having our feelings. That's so right. you know, we, none that's of us right. can win, right? It's just, it's ridiculous. So the brain wants to keep you safe. Fear will never go away. Uh, it's part of the brain and we need to incorporate it. We need to work with it. Most fear can be very, very useful. Either it's saving your life because a truck is barreling at you and you get out of the way before you you can really even think about it. You've reacted. That's exactly what fear is supposed to do. Yes. I call that clean fear. When your life is actually in danger or you're helping someone else, you grab the kid, get it out of the way of the truck, right? You don't even think about it. You just do it. Yes that's clean fear. Dirty fear is when the brain is looking at you having to make that sales call and you get sick to your stomach and you start coming up with justifications why I don't want to get on that call or why I don't want to go in the office. I don't want to go to school. You're just in stories. None of it's going to, you're not going to die. But the amygdala doesn't know the difference between clean fear and dirty fear to it, to anything new, anything different, anything that sets you off. It's, it's, As far as it's concerned, it needs to keep you in your cave where no saber-tooths are out there. You stay (laughs) in I call it the cave of complacency. It's not comfort zone. There's nothing comfortable about it. You're not living life. You're just telling yourself that you are because that's what the brain wants you to think. So we have limiting beliefs that we're born with. That's part of, of, of how when you're brand new in a baby, even babies know that, it, that you need an adult to survive. That's why the babies are designed the way they are. That's why their mothers respond to a baby's cry the way they do. It, yes. It's just, unless you're a psychopath, most people will help a baby. Most people yes, will help. <laughs>
4: yes, you're right. Yeah. Yes, unless that's... You're,
3: right? Unless you're. <laughs>
1: You're totally. yeah, yeah, not
3: talking about that. We're not talking about those kind of. We're just talking about what. And babies normally are. You know, they get pretty cute. They're kind of cute. You can look at them. And that's that's cute. I'll help that thing. That's a design. You <laughs> know, that's all. <laughs> it's all about helping the species to keep going. The babies. This is the why I'm talking about babies is because some of the decisions that you made came from then. You were pre-verbal. Some decisions like, uh-oh. Uh Uh-oh, the the adult didn't pick me up when I cried. I'm not enough. What do I need to do? Uh Uh-oh, the adult went out of the room. Uh Uh-oh, you you are on high alert. The amygdala is like, you can't survive without. So you're constantly surveying your surroundings and the other adults and how you're going to survive the situation. And one of the most common limiting beliefs is I'm not enough and you can fill yes. in the blank as we get grow older and we get more sophisticated in language we come up with things like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not cute enough. I'm not uh, wealthy enough. I'm not successful enough. I'm not sexy enough. I mean, you can put anything in there, but the limiting belief is about not being enough somehow. And there's all kinds of versions of this and you you have your own words, but I call them those eggs of limiting beliefs. They start before you're even verbal. We don't even know we're doing it. This is not my idea. I mean, th- these are things I've just disseminated from yes. the from what I've learned. And we don't we make decisions based on that I'm not enough, and then never question it again. Like I didn't in, in school school when we're young, we make a lot of decisions. Then yes. I made a decision about how bad I was at math. I just said I'm bad at math. Bam, that's it. I just believe that, and then we the brain that must have been t- what happens to me patricia the brain <laughs> so has bad. a way of of focusing you on your belief it's it's that what is that there's a phrase for it but anyway that the we have a reticulating activating system and you know when you go to buy a car and you start to research a car and you get you know what i want i think i want a honda crv yeah i like these honda crvs i think i want red now what happens when you go out into the world what do you see everywhere
2: every everywhere red, honda crv <laughs> everywhere
3: you go that's because of this ras this particular it it filters all the information coming in from the world otherwise we'd go insane we couldn't possibly take in all of that all of the data right couldn't take we couldn't we'd explode so the ras this neuro net over your brain filters what you have focused on so if you have a belief it will go right you don't think you're sexy enough? I'm going to prove it to you. So I'm going to look for
4: every. And you're going to find it. That's right. That way, that
3: person looked at you. The way you know they talked about that, or your way you looked at your pants, or you know you're going to find all the reasons why you're not sexy enough, while you're not enough. It's really incredible. So if we can change that programming, once you start to uncover your own personal limiting beliefs, yes. If you want to change that programming, how can you change programming until you know what's wrong? Right. You gotta figure that still just through a little, little bit of Sherlocking it, I call it, figuring out what's going on. What is it I really believe? Why do I believe that? Sometimes you don't even need to know why. You just need to know that it's there. And then you can start to to change what's going on in the programming. And I and I teach that. But what the limiting beliefs have to your God, we're such an we're amazing organisms. Yes. So the we want it the middle wants to keep us safe so that we can propagate the the, the species and keep going. It's very su- successful because look at us. Right. How many eight billion people <laughs> on the planet now? Uh, it has it has developed allies. So I call them faces of fear, fear disguises itself. I, I like to think of it as, do, have you seen Game of Thrones?
2: Yes.
4: yes. Parts yes. of it. Parts of it. Right. That's I'm okay. ashamed. No as a nerd, I'm ashamed to say it, but yes, yeah, the only parts.
1: Only no parts. problem.
3: There is, a, there's a guild of assassins called the Faceless Men and they can put on anybody's face and become anyone, any age, Ooh. any size, any shape, any color. And so you never see them coming because you can't identify these people. They just, they're the most successful crime syndicate in the world of westeros so i call fear the faceless men the faith the faces of fear for me a big face of fear is procrastination perfectionism mm-hmm. uh busyness justification <laughs> those are just faces no, of no. fear yes you we all have kind of the main faces of fear that show up some people it's boredom i'm too bored i'm too cool i'm too this i'm too this you know so it's impossible to be bored in modern life it's it's something is going on. Something's trying to numb you out. So we need to kind of peel back the face, see what's really going on. For me, procrastination, for example, um, I'm putting out, let's say I'm putting out a new class that I want to teach. And I keep feeling like it's not good enough. Oh, it's terrible. I've got to rewrite this. Oh, I've got to reshoot this whole thing. And really what's going on is I'm afraid that that it that i'm not enough i'm not a good enough teacher people are gonna think who the fuck does she think she is she's just an actress why would i buy you know how am i good yeah. so i start to justify yes. taking the time to completely redo the course now i'm three months late on my launch you know i i can perfectionism is huge to to try to get past that and just accept this is my best effort at this point, and I'm putting it out there anyway. You know, ooh, it's hard. But once I start to look underneath the procrastination and I can see that it's fear, what kind of fear it is, then I can start dealing with the fear. And I teach that, too. I have, like, these really simple steps on how to break down fear, take a look at it, get past it. This is what I'm calling about the unknotting the problem. Yes. You know, you start breaking it open a little bit and you look at it and it's not nearly as big and scary as you thought it was. It can be still uh, convoluted and you know confusing. Being confused is a face of fear. If you're if it's successful, you're too confused to keep going. You give up. It's too much. I can't yeah. go. So you stay in the cave of complacency and you never go for your dreams because you just think I'm I'm not good with math. I'll never forget, figure out that the IRS will be all over me. I don't know how to pay taxes. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just yes, spin this <laughs> shit going on and you never make any progress. And see that that is just simply not true. That's not true. I don't it's- have to be great at math. I, there's people called accountants. That's exactly. right. calculators right? in our modern time, right? There's, there's, there's help that there's programs you can get that will help you. I mean, it's so ridiculous the way we kind of let fear weigh us down. Another thing that I think is really important is to get clear on why. Why do you want that thing? Why do you want, what, what, what does that desire do for you? Why do you want to get off your couch and go outside? what's yes. up there for you. Yes. You start to really connect to that and then it makes it easier and easier to go okay, I want to push through this knot. I do want to I do want to unravel this. I do want to solve this mystery. It's it gets really so the fear dragon, I can talk about this forever. The faceless man. So you start to push through some fear. You're going towards a goal that you really want. Do you have a goal that you really want that it's not too personal to share, whether it's buying a new car or taking a vacation or uh, making your podcast super successful?
4: You got it. That, I think that's our main one right now. Right? Really getting okay. the word out there, getting- I you know, love
3: it. All right. So you want to make your podcast, you have a business and you want to make it flourish. Yes. When you start to step out there, there's going to be faces of fear that stop you. They're like, uh-uh, we want you to stay in that cave, putting yourself out there. I don't know, you know, and even well-meaning friends and family. Well, you know, there's a million podcasts out there. Well, you know, so there's true. professionals that don't make so any true. money at it. Right. They're just trying their own fear gets triggered. And so then they'd start dumping it all over you. I can't tell you how many people, well-meaning people, when I was selling my house, you know, the fear, uh oh, oh, that's your best investment. Why do you yeah. want to sell that house? You know,
1: <laughs> you and it's no the people that are closest. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah.
3: that's the truth. You that's know, the truth. You know, but they just it's mostly well-meaning. Yes, it's mostly well-meaning. They're 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 looking at their own lives, they're looking at their own missed opportunities, they're worried about you, whatever it is. But you you know, that's that's that happens a lot so you're pushing towards something you want you want to make yourself successful and you start to notice the fear it'll come out of your mouth you guys can be good for each other because david you can say to ryan ryan do you hear what you just said you just made up a story about why we shouldn't do that why we shouldn't advertise i do that, why we shouldn't try to ask that to come back <laughs> He's at our a show. good
4: older brother that's right
2: i i, I do i do i i'm, I'm his muse
3: that's it <laughs> Even so with you this can pre- just reflect to him. Oh, I think that could be a face of fear. And Ryan, you're gonna then you're gonna have another face of fear show up. Go, but it's protecting you. You don't want to admit to that. The the fear doesn't want you to get onto it. Yeah. So it's gonna create resistance in you to say that's no, it's not, it's not fear. It's I'm practical.
4: The I'm just hold. saying the truth. Yeah, that's right. that's it, right.
3: And we always have to ask, is it true? Oh, is that really true? It might it feel true? true, but is it really true? Or is it a story? Am I, am I projecting into the future that I can't possibly really know unless I try? Remember, the most successful people have only gotten up one more time than you did. And they have to fail. You have to fail. We weren't taught this either, were we? We were well, taught to fear failed. failure. We have to fail. You can't get anywhere so without failing. It's crazy. You have to. You have to push boundaries. You have to try. Because every time you fail, what happens? You learn. You learn something. You learn something you need. I'm in I'm in the midst of failing big time right now. <laughs> and I have to keep reminding myself. She's, okay, what, she's on this show. Party. This is
4: one of the failures <laughs> currently. No, <I'm> just... <laughs> it's,
3: it's so hard. So where the dragons come in, the dragons are pulling, are, they pull out, they're the guardians of the cave. They are,
4: the however, guardians.
3: Really, they are your best friend. They want to take care of you. They want to keep you safe and they will nail you to the wall. To keep you safe in the cave. So I again, with the so Game good. of Thrones and Harry Potter references. So Harry Potter, there's there's a little dragon that hatch, Hagrid hatches out of an egg in the Sorcerer's Stone.
4: That and one I enormous. do know.
3: <laughs> he's so cute, right? He's like this little tiny, he's just a little cute little dragon. Yes. That's a good sized dragon. You can talk to that dragon. You know what I mean? The worst he's going to do is singe your beard. He's not going to, you know, blow down the, the whole castle. He's not going to squish you. He's not going to eat your cattle. He just is going to be cute, but he's going to let you know, uh, I don't, uh, you know, he's going to start, you're going to notice him, but you can talk to him at that stage. You can say, okay, wait a minute. What's going on? I f- My fear dragon's showing up. So what's going on? Really? I can feel the fear. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but you can feel it. So talk to him, have a cup of tea, figure it out. If it gets big, like Drogon in Game of Thrones, season four, uh-oh, uh-oh, now you can't talk to Drogon. He's, he's spitting fire everywhere. His claw is as big as the house. You know, that there's no talking to Drogon. You've got to pull out some other tools. And I teach those too, because I've experienced all these dragons in my life. <laughs> and I'm like, well, how do you, how do you deal with this? So the amygdala, when it senses, when you're starting to get excited, it can be a good excitement. Yes. If you're starting to get excited, your heart beats a little faster. You breathe a little more shallow. The amygdala goes, wow. All right. On. It starts to flood your brain with your brain is encased in your skull in fluid there. It's actually being bathed in fluid all the time. That fluid starts to become, um, injected with stress hormones like cortisol so it's what it does then is it shuts down resources to itself and puts resources into your limbs for fight flight freeze or fawn wow but what it can't do is problem solve it can't that's why you can't when you're starting to get upset you can't even think you can't think and people say that all the time i can't think i'm too confused I, i don't know that's because the brain is shut down that is just it's not your fault but what we can do To shut down the amygdala is so simple, it's the best. Breathe. We're the only animals that can do this, that can control our breath. And I think one of the best tools to learn to do is what I call a box breath. And I'll take you through that in a minute. And you practice this all the time. You can practice it while you're interviewing people. You can breathe. No one will ever know you're doing it. But you need to breathe slowly. So I call it a box breath. Because there's four sides to it or four steps to it. It might get a little lopsided. That's fine. And I never want you to hold your breath because that can stress you out too. And then it won't work. So we want to kind of, instead of holding our breath, I want you to think of it as suspending the breath okay. or floating on the breath. And we do this to slow the breathing down and to not hyperventilate, right? So that you're not going to get lightheaded. So I'll, I'll talk you through it. We basically just inhale on one side. We suspend the breath on the top. Then we slowly start to exhale. And then at the bottom, kind of push out the last of the air and then breathe again. And just do it in the way that feels good to you. So let's try it together. And your listeners can can follow along too. So inhale and then float on your breath. Float, 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 just float. And when you feel ready to, you can slowly start to exhale. Don't stress yourself out, just gentle, gentle, gentle. And at the bottom of your breath, kind of push out the rest and breathe in again and just float on the breath, suspending, sort of letting the breath deep and drop and let go ahead and exhale when you're ready. And at the bottom, push the rest out, breathe in again. And you'll notice you're starting to have a little more room in your body and you can start to feel like your belly relax a little bit and you keep this up for as long as you need to. Just visualizing the four sides of a box whatever works for you. Sometimes my bottom gets really short (laughs) and I really need to breathe it. It's good. I want you to breathe the way you need to breathe in order to really relax and just keep that up. You can do it at a stoplight. You can do it when you're on hold on the phone. You can do it at the bank, at the grocery store. And the more you practice this and you automatically start to do it, the calmer you'll stay all the time. So, that when you are in a position of maybe feeling anxious or getting happy, excited, you can be happy too. You autom- automatically start to take a nice deep breath and float on, and then slowly exhale. You automatically get into that lovely flow of breath that keeps you clear headed. So now you can respond instead of just react. You wanna be able to respond, choose your response. You wanna be able to say, oh, I'm a little. I'm not liking what this person is saying to me. But instead of getting upset, I'm just going to breathe and see if I can find my way through this. And stay creative, right? Because being problem solving is so creative. Creative. It's very creative. We're all creative beings, but you can't access it when you're in anxiety. And you. Oh, I think the the. The the number is people right now, 70% of the population is saying that they're in high anxiety, that they're, they're struggling.
4: I believe that.
3: No, I know. I believe it too. I, the,
4: <laughs> the six
3: years we've had, come on. So learning just to box breathe, just that and practicing it so it's there when you need it. You want to practice it when you don't need it so that it's there when you do need it. Like this I said, is- use waiting as a chance to just focus on your breath for a while. And all the all the right martial arts teach you this. Meditation practices teach you this. You know, all kinds of pra- practices or disciplines teach you about breathing. This is just a really simple way of doing it. But that's why no one ever told me it was to slow down the fucking amygdala. No, no. that makes so much sense to me. It's like now I get it. Right? That's, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's slow down that amygdala. That's why I. I I
4: know. I think that's why you – there's something about you, Patricia. Just even – I did sign up for your video programs. Oh, good. there is something just about the way that you speak. You have such a calming – I think a beautiful energy that comes oh, out of you thank you. Um, you could even see it on the videos I, I mean and and Patricia has worksheets that also mm. go along with these videos too so she doesn't just leave you hanging she gives you <laughs> these, <laughs> these papers mm-hmm. you'll get emails to encourage you to keep going um and and even today I was so this is a perfect example I was so excited to have you on I was getting that nervous excitement right And I had watched one of your videos prior to this, and I actually used that technique of quieting down that so I could speak to you and convey how much, you know, how much you mean to us and things like that. So even a a humble podcaster can use this technique. She's right. Anybody.
3: Anybody. I wish I wish we were taught that and maybe some schools are you know teaching more of this or teaching meditation now and then I think all of that's good. We we don't really you hear meditation and you think Buddhist monk and you think you know that's yes. not my realm when meditation yes. is really just giving yourself a chance to let your mind relax and restore. And I was like what does that mean relax and restore? And it's But the brain needs time to recover from all of modern life and all the stuff we're doing and all the things we're trying and we're trying to manage. The brain just needs a time. So why not give your brain time to restore? Why not?
4: That's right. That's right. So
3: breathing and just focusing on your breath for a couple minutes, that's massively important. It can make such a big difference in your life. Just that, it's really kind of cool. And like, so there's simple you, things that, like, you, I mean, Ryan, what do you think when you, if you already knew about box breathing, then the difference between clean fear and dirty fear, did that help at all? Do you know what I mean? To understand
4: that there's... No, re- it really did. It really did. Because e- even with the box breath, like you're saying, so many people, I feel like, had this idea that you're supposed to hold your breath in so much. Yeah, and really- like you're saying, mm-hmm. it, it, that will make things worse. You'll feel your heart
3: pounding. If you're trying to hold your breath, you'll feel your heart pounding. That's exactly what stimulates the amygdala. We don't want to do that. We're trying to do the
4: opposite. <laughs> I don't really and you yes. describe it, I mean, perfect. That's what I think. This this things might be very it might be a technical term for some people, but the way you lay it out, just like you it's said, it's layman's terms.
2: Layman's terms, right. it uh, yes. It's it's great. Makes sense
4: for us. Right, right. Yes, yes. 100%. That's what I think this, that's good.
3: Thank you for letting me know. I mean, I really do appreciate like how I can communicate some of these things better. And it's been challenging because it's um, you know, it's not my my original training it was as an actor. Some of it makes a lot of sense. As an actor I can understand, oh, that's why these techniques work for acting because that's what you're doing. I love learning about the brain, but I'm not a doctor, you know. So how yes. can I work with this new information and make it available for everybody?
4: And you're no, doing it for free. That's the thing. She's doing this yeah, for free. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, why not try it? That's I mean, what I think, right? Why not? why not Why not? What do you have this to This is lose?
2: something we need. This is something we need. After, after, like you said, after the last few years, after COVID, mm-hmm. all the things that we've been through, mm-hmm. all the losses and issues, this is definitely, I call it being comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's been a very big thing for me in my life, personally. So, I, oh. I 100%.
3: Thank you for saying that because that's a, actually i say that is a face of fear the unwillingness to be uncomfortable is a face of fear there's fear behind that if you're not willing to be uncomfortable and i know it, i i'm there i get you because being uncomfortable is actually a really normal thing yeah. we all go through being uncomfortable in order to learn something new we're never comfortable learning something new but we weren't taught that no. we were taught to be ashamed that we yes. couldn't do something brilliantly yes. The first fucking time you try it,
0: that's right. You're made
3: Mm. fun of immediately. Oh my god, (laughs) how are we ever supposed to learn anything? Or push through till you get good at it. If you're being if you're being shamed, it's really it's just baffling to me how we got here. Uh, But here we are, and what we can do is is what we can do is try to make it okay for each other and for ourselves to be awkward. Try to get better, you know, with things and really be able to go for your dreams and celebrate each other. When you see somebody on the path, you know, and they're trying and it may not look good to you, might look like a mess, but you just go, hey, you know, you're trying. That's awesome.
4: That's right.
1: It's like it's having kids. Over.
4: It's like having, it's like
3: kids, having
1: kids. Right?
2: You, you, you tell, I tell my kids all the time, that looks great. And you're like, mm. <laughs> but you go, okay. <laughs> That is the most, the beautiful thing I've ever seen. You're doing amazing. And you're like, okay, yep, <laughs> but, yep, but you yep. do it. And that's encouragement.
3: Yep. And actually
4: speaking of kids, Patricia, you are actually a huge part of Penny Lane.
2: Yes. Oh, okay. and I wanted to talk to you about that. Cause I'm, I'm going to cut you off Ryan. I'm sorry. Cause this is something no, please really cut, I, I, that's what I'm here for passionate about. So <laughs> most of our listeners know that I, my children, I have four children, they're all adopted and they've all been through the foster care system. They've all been through, uh, you know, I'm not going to share their story. It's not mine to share, but been right. through quite a lot. A lot of the things that when when I've read up on Penny Lane, a lot of the things that my children experience is kind of what that charity is about. You know, my children are a little bit younger, and I do have a teenager as well. So it means a lot to me that your involvement with it, it I, I'm going to start, I don't want to get teared up. So it, it, I just want to thank you personally. I think it's amazing that, when you use your platform to uplift other people and these children, especially like teens, I know that's a big thing with, with Penny Lane, they kind of discarded. And yeah. because they don't have the, I call it the new car smell. Everyone, like, even with the adoption system, yeah. everybody wants a baby. They don't realize that these other children are out there and they age out of the system. And then they have no guidance. They don't have anybody. So
3: and it's really thank shocking. You so much. Oh, thanks sweetie. And saying that, I, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to, resi- you know, to resist your compliment. It's, it's just I feel like I'm hardly doing anything. It's a drop in the bucket. It's right. uh, the least I can do. I think everyone should do something. You know, it, it's, it's a massive problem. The, one of the biggest things I had to, to, what is it, learn, I guess, or accept, was that the percentage of kids that actually make it out of the system and become productive in their lives is so small. Because they didn't get the love or the respect or the tools that they needed to continue in life, and they're just they go for the easiest thing to survive. Again, they don't know they don't know anything about any of this stuff we were talking about over the past hour, you know. And so, drugs are easy. Selling drugs are easy. Prostitution's easy, considering you know it's something they can do. Rather, you go flip burgers at Burger King for what nine bucks an hour. That's not you can't live on that. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. So, I mean, it's it's really heartbreaking. And I think one of the things I'm working on right now is understanding. Understanding true compassion, which is being able to be with someone who's suffering and not take it on not making it about me you know i'm there to witness your suffering and to have compassion and to see then what i can do but not take i can't take on what's yours and we were talking about kids earlier we do this with the, as adults too i can't learn your lessons for you i need to give you the dignity to have your own life, to make your own mistakes, to learn your own lessons so that you can survive, so you learn and survive and then hopefully thrive. And so how do we, with compassion, be with people who are going through something that's so awful and heartbreaking without making it about us, without just just being with them. And then you can see how you can be of service, or maybe that's all they need—is someone to be there with them. I call it sitting on the curb and, give, and crying with you. I might not be able to solve your problem, but I can sit on the curb and cry with you.
4: <laughs> you know? You're someone that, yeah, no, to...
3: you know, no, that's so
4: amazing.
2: People. That's amazing. They're not
3: alone. I don't know. I uh, with with uh, the Via Santa program for the for the penny lane kids. I just want the kids to know that people out there care, that there are people out there who care, that the whole world isn't a big shit bag. Yeah, a lot yes. of people are big shit bags, but not everybody is. And and there are resources out there. So Penny Lane's really amazing as an organization because they they have been groundbreaking in the kinds of programs they've put together to help the kids as they age out. As so What yeah, we're talking about, important. for you who are listening, aging out means at 18, basically, you're kicked out of Care so you don't have a home to live in anymore. You know you don't have any resources from the state anymore, and all those resources actually since the Reagan years have been so decimated and never really picked back up that uh, it's been hard for foster care systems to have the resources to provide for the kids and the families of these kids. It's really it's it's a it's a naughty mess. But if if you're willing to like just be with it and see what you can do. There are things you can do. For me, what I decided was I could raise money. I can raise money. I don't know how to effectively use the money. I can leave that to Penny Lane. But what I can do is gather donations and raise money. And then we put together kind of a holiday program for the kids. And I, you know, we get donations in that way too. But it's um, it, it tends to be holiday time tends to be a time when people will be generous. So it's a great time to yes. fundraise yes. and it's really great. All the money that we raise, every penny goes to the kids. There's no admin cost. It doesn't go to anything else. It goes into, That's you
4: know, that is amazing. And
3: everybody's you know they see the list of donations. They see that the program, my penny lien program is very small. I have anywhere between a and 100, 170 donations come in hundred people. That's it. And and yet we make a difference. So and we've just been doing it for a long time. It's, it's all fans. It's all fan based. It's just it, we've been crowdsourcing since before Kickstarter.
1: Before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> before, yeah,
3: yeah. So it's, you can do that. You can do that in your local communities. You can raise money for, especially like I said, during the holidays. Starting maybe October, it's a great time. People want to help. And want to do something and they can all donate to your programs and you, you know, just get it to the kids or the families that need it. And letting them know there's hope. We all need that. I mean, yes. you and I need that yes. every day. We need some hope. Or how are Amen. we going to get that's off right. the floor? That's right. How are we going to keep going? I agree. 100%. Oh, these are crazy times. My husband and I limit the time that we look at the news. And then it's we limit smart. the time we talk oh, about it. 100 percent At this particular time during the, and that's it. And then we call each other on it. <gasps> Did you see? Nope, nope.
4: Yeah. But that's great. That's
1: a our, team. Our sanity.
3: That's you can only take it. And we have to focus on what we can do, not about the hopelessness that it looks. It looks hopeless. Everything always looks hopeless before it gets solved, and then oh, got solved. <laughs> How did that happen? Well, yes. You know?
2: Hope doesn't. Hope doesn't sell. Hope doesn't sell news. That's the thing. You it never hear about anything news, positive. Kids.
3: That is so true, and unfortunately, so much of our news is. is just. Not as accurate as we would hope. So, mm-hmm, uh, yeah, right. yeah. Mm. Well, thanks for letting me yammer on and on. <laughs> no,
4: no, this, no is, we, we're... this is this is wonderful. <laughs> we have been doing a retrospect all summer long of George Romero's movies oh. and zombie movies, of course. George.
1: But,
4: mm-hmm. Speaking of fandoms. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Dark Shadows earlier. I'm a huge yeah. fan of the original Dark Shadows. That's do you, right. Do you think that's where your fandom started with maybe a horror genre, mm. actually? Or a sci-fi yeah. kind of thing like I that? I definitely
3: think that, that Dark Shadows... See, I like scary stuff. I don't like gory. I'm, I'm not... I can't with the gore. Mm.
4: Me, even I'm though not I love a, Night of Living Dead, but still, the gore, yeah. i rather the scare or the... Me The, too. the, th- the thought of it. The thought. Oh,
3: I love scary. I love... I love good ghost stories you know that's yes. to me ooh those that's that's so good so i love that and i think dark shadows yeah it really was one of the first places i was allowed to experience that kind of thing it was you know and then then also in the 60s there was a movie called the haunting starring the julie haunting. julie harris and you never see a ghost you never see anything gory it's so freaking scary I love to revisit that movie in and, your imagination. And around, you know, it's just, it's so well done. That's the kind of thing I love. And then I, yeah, I'm an original track fan. My dad, see, back in the day, kids. <laughs> when when we still have black and white TVs and TV was just turning, it's not everybody had a color TV yet. And there were like maybe three channels and you had to watch what was on TV when it was on, there was no such thing as recording it.
1: Yes. You had (laughs) to catch it then. You know? And so
3: you would, you would, uh, you would time your whole day around those programs at night, you know, and you compromise with the family what you could watch. Well, there was no compromising when my dad was home. You had to watch what my dad was watching. And he loved Star Trek. Trek. So I started watching Star Trek, even though I didn't understand it. I was still in the single digits. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't really, I didn't get it. I liked the ladies in blue though, or the green ones, or oh, that's cool. The I love Spock. Spock was probably my favorite character. I just thought that was so cool. And then we started playing Star Trek with my cousins. We would use our Barbie dolls. And I made costumes out of um, gum wrappers, the aluminum foil in Wrigley's gum.
4: So cute. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> I
3: we make little mini skirts for them. And yeah, we, oh, crazy. But I think that's where it started for me, sure. And then when I got, when I was um, in middle school, I read the Lord of the Rings and that, wow. Oh my God. So then fantasy, you know.
4: Fantasy. Big time. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to say you're Barbara. So I mean, famously you said you would have turned down the role, right? If she had been the I, same 1968 counterpart.
3: Absolutely. But Tom said, Do you want to audition for Night of the Living Dead? Where were we doing it? I said, No. No. He said, No, no, no. Read it. Read okay. it. And that then I went, Oh, no. Oh, okay. Now, Cause you know, no one could have done it better than than Judith O'Day. She was fantastic. Awesome. She was amazing. Yeah. And that was appropriate for the time. She went into yeah. freeze. Right, my barber went into fight. Eventually, but
0: yes, whatever I lost, I lost a long time ago, and I do not plan on losing anything else. You can talk to me about losing it when you stop screaming
3: at each other like a bunch of two-year-olds. But freeze is a completely realistic thing to happen when your brain just can't take it in anymore. Can't, can't deal. Shuts off. Right, we were talking about the amygdala. That's what it yes, does. Yes, yes. That's what it does. So it made a lot of sense. And that was appropriate for, for that time how women were portrayed. But I had I have nothing in me that wanted to keep that that bullshit alive of, of women are just victims running around in their underpants with a candle during a storm. <laughs> I don't know. You're good to have no. sex. <laughs> and then you go, Oh, let's go down. Oh, my flashlight went out. I'm still going to go into the basement where I live
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> We talked about this earlier this summer, David and I. It seems like there was Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode, of course, Ripley and Alien, and Sigourney Weaver. But... In the 90s, Barbara, your Barbara was really the first final girl. I feel, yeah, you're not really yes. you're not given the credit, I believe, of being literally Aww. 1990, the first part final girl, strong. And you're acting in that movie, Patricia. I, I, over the years, has just meant you. so much to me, even subtle things that scene at the end, even when you're leaving and you come across that zombie with the baby doll and you're just being so apprehensive, pushing her away, not trying. Beautiful. You do such great work subtly subtly i feel like oh
3: thank you so much yeah. thank you
4: oh you're so welcome you're so mm-hmm. welcome and i do have to ask i i heard Joy. there was famously set pranks done by you to tony todd <laughs> is there a few maybe you would could share with the audience i'm trying
3: to think because i loved yeah i love picking on tony he you know there was all this talk and because uh and as i've confessed to you i don't like gary movies i hadn't yes. seen some things that tony had done and and so everybody was all odd about Tony coming in. And I was kind of annoyed. So I he there. He's so sweet and he's really kind and he's very, you know, he's got that deep voice and he's very dignified. And um, I, I just adored him. But I felt like I needed to, to just take the Mickey out of him every once in a while. So um, we had this they turned the stables it was like a little barn they turned that into the actors green room/dressing wow. area okay. and they would we we had shower curtains hung in the stalls the animal stalls and we could, so we could go behind the shower curtain to change our clothes or whatever and they put we had a couch they put down um, old carpets on the dirt floor and they brought in some old furniture. So we had places to sit. It was very comfortable, actually. We, it was,
4: <laughs> we had a lot. Homey, you know, very homey. A lot
3: of joking around going on in there. And we had, uh, there was a cot or two stuck in one of the stalls so you could take a nap. And Tony would go as because as a good old actor would do, you know, you you always pee when you stop the car and you always <laughs> take a nap when you get a chance. <laughs> you know. So he would try to take a nap. And with the house was full of those taxidermy animals that they're featured in the movie. There were even more that they took off the walls and stuff. Oh, and wow. they, were, they were and i found a couple of them one of them was this little stuffed baby alligator which was just so gross and i i would do things like while tony was sleeping i would take 20 minutes of quietly sneaking in there and trying to get the stuffed <laughs> alligator under his arm you know sneaky like <laughs> while he was asleep not wake him up so he would just wake up with this fucking alligator and it's like, <laughs> what's going on? I had the alligator one time we, we did a scene and we were turned around on Tony. So it was on my back. And I stepped in to read my lines and I had the alligator sticking out of my pants. So that he <laughs> had to do the scene with my the alligator sticking out of my pants. Uh yeah, I really, we had um Um, the, the grips use clothespins and I couldn't tell you why, I guess just to hold, you know, sheets of, um, uh, over the lights, they use sheets of transparency to kind of tone the lights and they'd use clothespins to fasten that onto these big box lights. So there was clothespins all over the set and we would write notes and clothespin them to each other's back then you wouldn't know i mean it was so juvenile i mean you know but so we you know like kick me those kind of things but (laughs) it would say other things or i don't know what but i would do that to tony just stick a clothespin on him and then and something like "Call Me Bubba" or or you know uh, <laughs> "Call Me Hot Lips" or "Call Me" you know just stupid stuff like from Mash, you know. <laughs> uh uh-huh. <laughs>
2: like,
3: Call me Hawkeye. Hot lips to hand. And so everyone's <laughs> calling him Hawkeye. He's like, "Why are you calling me that?" Because
0: <laughs> that's the most sense. That.
3: Dumb shit. Oh
2: my god, that's so But it's
3: no, fun though. Fun. It's fun. And we worked all night, so we were punchy. You know, just we would get silly and try to keep our energy up. But I mean, Tony's like fantastic. I adore him. He's great.
4: I mean, I feel like he's one of the, I said this on our review of the movie. He's, I feel like you could just look at him and start to cry because you feel the emotion coming mm-hmm. from him. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's just amazing. Yeah. I always wanted to ask this. When Barbara changes from her dress, is it, I mean, besides being practical, mm-hmm. do you know if that was a conscious decision to show that this Barbara is now taking off the dress and going yeah. into the, pants per se like you know right. getting into that role
3: yeah um it was co- very conscious J- uh- uh, uh, Tom and I talked about that because I really, I, I can't remember. Maybe Tommy remembers better, but I, I know we did. We really wanted to get me out of that, the, the school marm outfit. And so I really, I, that's the, so I had a tank top underneath the yes. blouse, like, and it was kind of a camisole to make sense out of it. Why would she have a tank top on her blouse? So we made it like a camisole <laughs> that was part of her smart undergarments, but smart. And then we got it dirty and bloody. So then it had a, it was, you know, gr- for sh- for real gritty, you know, actually gritty. was yes. <laughs> <laughs> And the same thing, having pants on. I mean, that I couldn't keep that skirt on. There was just no way. So we figure it's a farmhouse, and there's guys here. There's going to be pants you can so put on. Smart. They might look a little big, but we can get them on.
4: That is yeah. awesome. And were you involved with any of the stunts, with like choreographing the zombie action? Because you had done. Z- you know, stunt work
3: only with the stuff that pertained to me. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, you have a, We had a stunt coordinator, so the, he's managing all this. The, okay. The, the stunts for everything else. Yeah, I only had to do with what my action was.
4: Do you ever think where Barbara might have ended up at the end of that movie? Did you ever say like? I wonder if she if she met a group of people and yeah. she's taken charge, or or oh, yeah. what she might be up to.
3: Oh, absolutely! I think it, we, there's been a lot of you know we've talked about it a lot. Just what what would have happened, and I think Barbara would have completely survived and probably gone batshit crazy in her own way you know just i i, I see her you know as the zombie killing grandma with dreadlocks you know Just
4: like, oh you know, my goodness can you oh my harry. god i would love to see that night of living day too <laughs> you
3: know yeah I, I think absolutely she would have survived no matter what and i think that once she actually killed a human being you know shooting tom tolls you know shooting harry that that that, that flipped a little switch in her head. Just, yeah. I mean, God knows what was after that. I love that. She um, lost it. That was <laughs> not good. Well, listen.
2: Well, propelled her to survive, right? I guess. I,
3: I guess. Yeah, I guess. I, I always thought that that was a real dark ending. Not so much that we didn't think Harry deserved it, but that
2: right.
3: that doesn't justify it. And No,
2: no, exactly.
3: We all know that. She knew that. We all know that. So that's why, at the end, when we're talking about that, you know, the, the, when they, they go into Barbara's eyes, just go into
1: yeah, that's it,
3: just the dead. Now, now she's gone, kind of dead, and there's a piece of her that died when she shot Harry. So what would that, how that would have manifested, that would be really interesting. And that I ending, think. I
4: mean, it feel it looks like those still like crime scene photos, almost. It's very haunting. Exactly, that, exactly. That was very haunting, that was very the haunting. The soundtrack yeah. even, it's such a, a beautiful movie. I mean, one yeah. of the best really remakes, I feel like, of Aww, all time.
3: thank you. Yeah, I'm, really, I'm proud and I feel very lucky to have been part of it. And, you know, if we watched it, um, a bunch of us were in Calgary for a convention Oh, like eight years ago. And it was the first time I'd seen it on the screen since since it debuted. And uh, I thought, oh, it, it's held up well. It, did, it looks good on the big screen and it it's still a good it's a good movie, you know, and I'm proud of yeah. our acting. And I think all of the acting is so solid and so real. Everybody did a really good job. I really feel good about it.
4: You should be. I mean, it's a testament. Like you said, it it, it has aged. It's beautifully. aged well. It's, it's helped. Be- up. And, yeah. it's and I think to-
3: because we were trying to, we really were, and we all supported each other in that kind of work, in that depth of that honesty. I think we're all really there with it. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that.
4: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Can and I actually, about I did Babylon have. 5? Oh, I'm sorry. No,
3: no, no.
2: go with no, your Babylon
4: Please. Five. I know Babylon Five. This is, this is all. This is only the second time I've talked over you. So your character, Lita. <laughs>
3: letha alexander as i live and breathe i suggest you remove your hand ambassador or you won't be doing either for much longer i
2: i feel like she got the short end of the stick i feel like um yeah <laughs> i i don't know i think i feel like being used i feel like being mistrusted i feel like i don't know with your character what do you think about that i i'm just throwing it out there
3: yeah i and i'm i was i've never really understood why joe wrote that wrote Leto like that. Like, why does she have to be so downtrodden? You know, why? Like, yeah. Why? What is that about? Do you think? I don't really know, but definitely, you know. And everyone always mentions it, and I'm like, I, I, I know.
4: And he wrote that role for you, Patricia, right? Yeah. After seeing Night of the Living Dead '90, yeah. so
3: yeah. So he wrote the. He had he had the 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 storylines arced out for five years. And he could go with it. He had a five-year arc to it. And um, he wrote the first script, you know, with, from what I understand, with my character, he created after seeing Night of the Living Dead. So he had Lita in there, but then he really sculpted her around whatever Barbara meant to him. And okay. I was so fortunate to be able to get the part, to even get an audition. So, um but what he saw in me, because I kept seeing him write the, all the actors on Babylon 5. I mean, one of Joe's strengths, I think, is taking an actor and then working with their natural vibes, you know, whatever that gift is, and and incorporating that into the characters. So it was disturbing <laughs> to me that.
4: Yours should have been upbeat po- and happy so- and positive. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. None of that. I mean, until when Robin Atkin Downs came on the show as my boyfriend, you know, as the the love interest for a while. And he cracks a joke. We kind of laugh. I realized that's the first time in five fucking years that I've actually laughed. on the (laughs) (laughs) I haven't had a chance to. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow.
3: what, What? Well, I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know why. I can't tell well,
2: you. That's an honest answer. Yeah. though. I just always <laughs> watching and I'm always like, really?
3: Yeah. Huh. <laughs> hmm. it's, it's true. Maybe, maybe it's because I, I think one of, uh, one of my um, the abilities as an actor is to be very vulnerable.
4: Yes. Yes.
3: So maybe that was and and he needed that color on the show. He needed something. He needed that in the tapestry. Maybe.
4: I don't. I mean, that sounds about right, and still to this day, B five events, everybody, B five events. You can get things oh from the cast,
1: <laughs> right? Video I have recorded to, I messages. Have to say,
3: listen, yeah.
4: before I have to cut you off again, I'm so
2: sorry because we, yeah, you know, we started doing Summer of the Dead. We're like, there's got to be a way we can get Patricia. There's got to be a Th- way. There's got to be. We manifested you because we we were like we were actually going to go on b5 events and actually have you say what we thought is your famous line of you can you know so slow you can walk right past them and then the-
3: yeah <laughs> they're so slow we could just walk right past them we wouldn't even have to run
1: we could just walk right past them
2: because because <laughs> we were so excited. We're like, oh, my God. So we kept saying, yes, we have to do this. Are we going to do it at the end of the summer? Are we going to do it as soon as we launch the podcast with, with her movie? So
4: And then this came out of nowhere. Five, two, so, oh, I mean, it was two. a blessing. A blessing. Oh,
3: sweet. That's so sweet.
4: No, Yeah, I started B5 events because manifested. of
3: the pandemic. Oh, you
4: started because the- yeah. we started this podcast because of that. And... I feel like if you could get something positive out of a negative time like that.
3: Right, right. It called for people to pivot. You had to pivot and you had to pivot fast. Yeah. 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 Good for you guys for, for starting a podcast. It's really the thing to do. And you can, you know, I, I have no question in my heart that you guys can make this just as comfortable and successful as you want it to be.
4: Thank you so. You get it
3: just design it for you. Mm-hmm. Like what feels you want to have a business, then cool. But it's got to be a business that fits your life, and it doesn't have to be stressful, and it doesn't have to be, suck all the jo- the joy out of life. You know, you want yes, that you <laughs> yes. want it to be fun, and 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 take work, and then grow. You're going to grow because of it.
4: Well, I feel like having you really is is changing everything for us. You've meant so yeah. much to us, like we said at the beginning yeah. as oh, as I brothers see. we've we've talked about your roles over the years, so many times. And this yeah. is truly i can't I can't thank you enough for coming on, Patricia, and being here with yes. us today. it it's it flabbergasted yeah. me, and I am just filled with s- such excitement and yes. joy from this.
3: Well, have me back sometime, you guys
4: oh my god right. we, would, we would oh we would god, love we would to, to anytime we'd love to cool that would and be great we'll have patricia's link if you're listening to this in audio form we'll have everything in the links we will have this on youtube we'll have all of her links below but patricia is there some place that you prefer people to reach you at the, the best
3: oh i i love that uh i'm on um instagram at patricia tallman rocks because i love rocks and fossils and crystals Doing that a lot right up here in Workney. And um, let's see, patriciatallman.com. I'm working on this new website so you can see it in progress. Um, And the magical living will be linked through to that. So yeah, I think that's good. And you guys will have the links to the um how to tame your fear dragon.
4: Yes, and please yeah. if you're li- if you're listening to this again, yes. it's free. What do you have to lose people? <laughs> but to learn something actually from this wonderful woman. So thank you so much, oh, Patricia.
3: Thank you. I appreciate it so much, you guys. And yeah, I'm really happy to come back if if uh, you'd like to
4: have me. Oh my god. I feel like we barely scratched we, would love, we, we would had love it. so many thoughts there. Yeah, answer. we have a million questions for you so but <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you we would love that. oh good
3: then i have to thank come back so and much. we can go yeah. and do okay
4: you have thank you, you have to avery to. please too to. she avery was so wonderful yeah, communicating they're, they're too so really thank
3: great. you avery <laughs> <laughs> thank you avery
4: that was another episode of the radical retro rewind podcast thank you again <laughs> to our amazing guest i can't wipe the smile off my face and we will be back soon radical ones thank you so much
3: Thank you guys for having me.
4: Thank you. Thank
3: you. Oh yeah, you guys, really my pleasure. Take care, stay in touch. And yeah, seriously, we could do something else sometime. That'd be
4: fun. Oh, I have so much to ask. We would love it. So thank okay. you. All
3: Good right, yourself. you guys. Be well. Take care. Take care.
4: You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And you can always reach the Radical Retro Rewind, one word, on Instagram, as well as Universal Appeal 2020, one word for David. We're also on YouTube where you could see the video portion of this interview and more. And Radical Ones, we will be back in October with our brand new season, Season 3. You are the ones that make this possible. Thank you so much from David, Rob, and myself. And if you do find it in your heart over our short break to leave a review on Apple, Spotify, any of your favorite podcasting review sites, please let us know. It helps get the word out about the podcast, and we definitely want to read your reviews you on the show and thank you from the bottom of our hearts we hope you enjoyed season two this is only the beginning until then stay radical
1: support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant